0: I can't tell you what kind of special hell that is <laughs> to, be in a, to be in an apartment with three kids. Yeah. Huh. Um, and they're lovely kids, but they're kids. And right. it's an apartment. They don't care you, that you have to work. They don't understand work. <laughs> oh it's my like, stop
1: with me. I want to play.
2: Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. All right. We are very excited to be in our new space, which you guys can't see, but we'll describe it to you a little bit. It's in the it's in the mall. Yes, mm, it is. Which is the great way to start like describing it. <laughs>
0: which mall? The mall that has no stores.
2: That's right. So if you're familiar with the mall that was supposed to be IKEA and is not yet and has gone through a lot of changes, that's where we're at. But we're in this great co-working space called Vibe Co-working. Beautiful. And so we got a studio set up in here. And we're just very excited to be in this space. I'm a little bit sad that the dog won't bark in this episode. I can bark for you. You can, you can do that.
0: Do I need I, to leave? Because <laughs> you guys have a thing going. This is on. going a weird way real fast.
2: But uh, thanks for listening. I'm Joe. This is my co-host. Josh. And uh, this is Guys Who Do Stuff. We're very excited today to have with us Peter O'Connell. Hi there. Hi there. How you doing?
0: My life is perfect. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it is. So, Peter, you are a voiceover talent. I am. I, uh, I I talk for a living, which is kind of a nice thing to do yeah. for an Irishman. Uh, <laughs> so you get paid for that. You might as well do that. I've uh, been doing it since about uh, 1982. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, you can't I, see my uh... cane or anything. I, I don't look that
1: old. No, you don't at all. You rolled right in here. Yeah, that's right. I uh,
2: feel like I need to apologize to the audience for the quality and timbre of my voice as we move through the rest of this episode. We're very understanding. It's it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with my microphone. It's just I don't have a cool voice.
0: (laughs) You're fine. It's all good. We all have good voices and, and producers like to hire different types of voices. So sometimes they want mine. Sometimes they want a voice like yours. It's rare, but it's high pitchy,
2: (laughs) hard to listen to.
0: It's like, uh, it's like a really bad children's cartoon. No, the thing is people can't stand how they sound. I think that's true. And so we all of a certain age remember something called a tape recorder. Uh, and it was long before I, you know, pods and all the rest of it. But, um, You know, if you listen back to yourself, everyone would say, that's not how I sound. And everyone goes, what? Yes, that is how you sound. But we all sound different to each other. So for me, it doesn't make any difference because I hear myself all the time. So I'm numb to it. Yeah. And then I create different voices for characters sometimes. And so that just sounds wacky. So listening to myself is not uh, abnormal, uh, for you guys, you do it maybe once a week or a couple times a week. It's like, you know, it's like nails <laughs> on a chalkboard. Uh, and, 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 but there's, but you sound perfectly I'm fine. I'm kind of just narcissistic enough to kind
2: of like it anyways. I feel
0: that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, good way to go. That's that, you're going to make a fine podcast host with that. Attitude.
2: I love to ask this question when we have guests on the show. How did you get into voiceover talent?
0: Like what was the catalyst in your life? I did not get into voiceover talent. I got into radio. Okay. So I started in 1982. I went to the University of Dayton in Dayton, Ohio. I'm a Dayton flyer. Um, And so the reason I went to that school, I chose that school is because at the time they've since sold it, they had a 50,000 watt FM commercial radio station. And you say, oh, that's cute. They had a little college radio station. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, 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 no. This station came up in the 70s and became one of the premier album-oriented rock stations in the nation. Uh, it was college-based, certainly, but it it became a real factor and, and we got, got national attention for its format. And it was, it was not run by college students. There were college students on the air. Here's how it worked. You had a professional general manager like you would at any other radio station, professional program director, professional sales staff. So everything about the radio station was the same as, as any other radio station in the market, except on air, they put students on air. So what does that mean? Does that mean you go on once a week and play whatever you want? No, we were a tightly formatted CHR contemporary hit radio station, um, and we would play uh, we'd play uh, a set music and do the ins and outs, um, the bumpers, and all the rest of it. Read live commercials, just like every radio station. But you had to audition and be brought on the station, and it was ninety five percent students on that air. So I I had a shift Monday through Friday, six to nine p.m. And I was on the air, rated uh, in the marketplace. We had I played commercials. I did commercials. Wow, that's Um, awesome! It was, and and when I saw that, when I was a when I was a senior in high school and saw that, my geeky radio eyes bugged out of my head, and I'm like, "That's the place I want to go to school." And (laughs) I and I knew I was going to get on the air, and I got on the air in my freshman year, so it was it worked out very well. Um, so that's that's how I segued into uh, into voiceover because from there. While I was on the air, I, I found this thing called a production studio, right? And the production studio is where all the commercials get recorded. It's where you go in and, and the client comes in, they may record their own commercials. You record it for them, or you go in and, um, you record from a script that they give you. And I had just boatloads of fun in there. And I found that I had a real, uh, aptitude for it. And I, I don't mean that in an egotistical way. I just right. mean, I, you know, and. I found I had an aptitude for it. I liked doing it. The clients liked what I was doing. They would come back and it was good when the clients came back because they'd give you some money to voice their spots and that would play on other radio stations. So you go, oh okay. So maybe Does that mean residuals. That, it's not quite residuals. <laughs> it sounds like residuals, but it's, it's more like a, in 1982 dollars for a college student, here's 50 or a hundred dollars. And you go, whoa, 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 <laughs> you know, you're, you're pretty excited about all that. And, um, you know, cause that's going out money. Um, but it, 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 it led me to understand that there's a bit of a, you know, an opportunity as a, uh, as an announcer, not understanding in its entirety, in my I- young ignorance, That there was a kind of industry, but it was not as prevalent as it is today, Uh, because to be in the industry, you had to be in New York, Chicago or L.A. Right. Dayton, Ohio or Buffalo, New York, where I'm originally from. You're not going to you're not going to do that. So that's how I we we need my way into uh, voiceover.
2: Yeah. So at that time, the only way to really get voiceover work was to audition in New York or L.A. is what you're saying.
0: Well, it was, there's a couple ways to do it at that time. And, and actually, you know, the everything old is new again. It's the same way you do it now um, is you, you you get agents um, a, that represent you in different marketplaces, whether it be New York, L.A., Chicago, Cincinnati, you mm-hmm. know, somewhere in the Midwest. I have folks on the West Coast all across. Oh, the So
2: country. you have to get an agent per uh demographic area or well or ge- geographic area.
0: geographic area sound not necessarily but it helps in certain cities yes for the um, local stuff like for local the, tv station yeah. spots and, and then stuff like and that. then also you just you just get on the you just get on the horn you call the studios wow. uh, you know the recording studios and the amb- advertising agencies and you do sales and marketing with them you say hey yeah. i'm a voiceover talent let me set you my de- send you my demo uh and and see what they think and see if there's opportunities and then sometimes they say yeah you can go on a roster and you don't hear from them for a couple Couple of years, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, I got one this week. Um, and a, a car commercial, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, fine, thanks." I didn't. <laughs> I thought you. I thought you forgot <laughs> about me. But they didn't. They just went the They're time very was
2: specific. Right, they just knew there was a spot for you. Yeah, there's, there's a spot.
0: Yes, exactly. It just where, took
2: two years to find it.
0: <laughs> where do we put? The, what's the What's the perfect product for a short Irish voiceover guy? <laughs> so.
2: so I was telling Josh, I think you've got a really enviable setup because I went to your homepage yeah. and you got a studio you got to build out in your basement. It sounds like you're a no, it's on the first
0: floor. I don't have a basement.
2: Oh, nice. Matter- I just assume everybody's in a basement because that's where my last studio was. That's, right. <laughs> that's where you put the outcast like dungeon. It's you're in the you're dungeon. special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> special basement. Uh, but, and you get to record your, you get to do the majority of your work from there. Yep. And you essentially have kind of crafted this niche for yourself or, or a, I think just represents a lot of what I think is freedom. Like it has mm-hmm. to seem to me like, and that's pretty cool. You get to be a voiceover, talent and you get to record for nationally known brands, yep. but you don't often have to, I don't know if you have to, I just imagine in my mind, you don't often have to fly to
0: New York or LA, but you can just go down. No, I'd be glad to, by the way, it would be no problem. As <laughs> long like, as it's on their I'll nickel. be there. <laughs> I mean, just, here, here's, here's my, here's my rider. Yeah. Here's what you have to have <laughs> and no brown M&Ms. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds great and it is great. There is a, is a great amount of freedom, uh, having your own business and, and doing this by yourself, but it, it's still lot of the work and it's a lot of self discipline. Mm -hmm. Um it is and when you work out of your home, especially this time of year, um, it's you know, it's a little more challenging than others because there's these little people running around.
2: Yeah, let's talk about that for a (laughs) second. Because I was telling my wife about this and I got no sympathy but I am a pretty disciplined person. I'm one of the people that can make it and work from home because I don't have a problem. I'm not gonna take a nap and watch six hours of Netflix. I'm gonna work. Right. Um, but it takes discipline and yes. it takes, uh, you gotta put processes in place for yourself, etc. But then when my kids get off for the summer, and I don't know how many other people are listening and their kids get off for the summer, like my desire to be disciplined and get work done is overrode by my desire to hang out with my kids. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, today we're going to, we're going to make a little bit of an exception and we're yeah. going to go to the pool. And, and suddenly try the
0: exception to... becomes the rule. Yeah. <laughs> and mm. that's a problem.
2: And so I do find that I'm, I would say probably 30 to 40% less productive when my kids are off of school.
0: Um, I understand that. And it's, it's a challenge because, uh, even for the spouse in any relationship like that, because they see you physically in the home and you can close the door, but they know you're there. Yeah. <laughs> so they feel like they have this bit of a parachute in, well, Da's over there, he can, you know, he can watch you guys. And then she comes back, where are the kids? And I'm like, I don't know. I've been, I've been in my office for like three hours. I've been doing that thing that pays the mortgage. Um, So, you know, there's, there's that going back and forth, but it's, you know, but there's a benefit uh, of, of the freedom, but with the freedoms comes more responsibility when you, when you, when you're your own business That's what we
2: learned from Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. With great, what's it? No, it's great power comes great responsibility. Yeah,
0: I just, yeah, I just miss Tony Stark. I just miss
2: Tony Stark. <laughs> Spoilers. Yes,
0: exactly. Oh, sorry.
2: I think Shh. he's coming back. All right, let's talk Marvel theories for a okay, second. Because this show has no theme, apparently. <laughs> I believe that, or what I would like to see the most, do you remember Iron Lad growing up? So there was a comic book thread that came out after Tony Stark had died in the comic books, whatever universe that was, where a young man became the new Tony Stark and Tony Stark had downloaded his... Um, brain into yeah. the suit, so instead of Jarvis, it's Tony Stark. Okay, so I would really like to see Marvel do that. Find some some cool young actor and have so that way Robert Downey Jr. can keep making money with him, and he's just voiceover. You're, you're so kind to look out for yes. poor Robert I'm, Downey Jr. I'm concerned about him right Our now. R.D.J. Just <laughs> I I, I
0: happen to notice on the Forbes list today of of the top uh, entertainment celebrity. You know, Taylor Swift was at the top with like 181 million or something. And, oh, that's awful. What a terrible year for her. Yes. I felt so bad. <laughs> um, let's not, you know, let's not make her feel bad. But then, you know, down at like 50 was, was DJ, And mm. I think it was only in the 70 or 80 millions that he made this year. Yeah. Just this year. That's mm. rough stuff. That's, you know, it's going to break it. It doesn't <laughs> tear to the eye. Just a small <sighs> trickle of a tear comes down the face. Let's all worry about RDJ. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh,
2: we were talking about having a little bit of a freedom that it, that it creates. Do you, you also offer coaching services, right?
0: Oh, I have in the past. Yeah, I don't I don't. A lot of folks are out there doing uh, voiceover coaching and that's kind of their thing if they're not getting gigs uh, or and there are some people who are just excellent at it. I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I uh, I refer to myself more as a voiceover Um and I don't want to pretend that I am as talented as some of the real coaches out there that really focus on it. Uh, when, I, when I talk to people, I sit with them and I give them two hours of my time about anything with voiceover having to do with um, performance, yeah. having to do with marketing, which is a very, it's very tough for most small businesses. And it seems to be uh, the kryptonite. For, to keep the sort of superhero theme going, the kryptonite uh, for voiceover people. They just like, mm, many people just like, oh, wow, I don't want to do any marketing. <laughs> people and then, aren't going to just call you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting for the truck money, sacks of money to roll up and drop them on my front porch. It hasn't happened yet. Um, so I go over that with them and just basically giving them my... 30 plus 35 i don't know how many years i can't do the math there's no math in voiceover but i can't uh i you know whatever i've learned i will share with them and they get very excited about that and it always yeah. goes very well but i don't market it terribly aggressively yeah. and i don't work with people who are not serious like if people are thinking about getting in the business sure. though i'm not though i'm not that person for them. it's like you're going to make this commitment because i'm going to charge you a fee And it's going to, you're going to go, oh, that's, that's not chump change. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's not chump change because if you're serious about it, you're going to invest. Yeah. It's like what you invested in this podcast, what you invested in your business, what you invest in your film business, you know, all those people who are serious, put the, put their, you know, the time, their talent and their treasure into what they're going to do because In for a penny, in for a pound, you gotta go and you gotta, you gotta get it. And you need certain things to do that. You don't need to have a Lamborghini, you know, but you do have to have a nice computer. Because your computer is going to be your business, right. Usually it's going to be your, you know, it is going to be your, uh, your website and you're going to manage most of it. You're going all to right. manage content. You're going to do all that stuff for it. Um, and, and then you're going to have to get a good mic stand. Um, <laughs> there you go, Joe. We almost had a live, a live breakdown. So you shouldn't have t- touched the equipment. Let the engineers do that. Oh, <laughs> you, oh you are the engineer. <laughs> That's all right. There we go. Welcome <laughs> back, Joe. All right. So you and I will just talk for a while and, uh, <laughs> What color is your Lamborghini? Too much
2: much weight. So, (laughs) we're very excited to get in the studio. We didn't quite finish it up yet, and we just had a little flubs. (laughs) Sorry.
0: But it it looks terrific. You really did a nice job with it. Oh, thank
2: you. Yeah, Vibe is a great place, and we're so stoked to be partnering with them here in the Carytown Mall is yes. that what it's called? Carytown, Carytown Center?
0: Yes. Carytown Center Mall. Carytown Center Mall. Yes. Actually, they'll they'll take they're taking bids for naming rights. And so if you have if you have $150, $200, your name can be put on this mall at this very moment. They That's really right. just any money they can get in here, but it's but this spot is absolutely lovely it's just yeah. it's like it it it's like you're walking through sort of a spa right. a spa it's it and, and the people are lovely and yeah and the workspaces are very nice and it's very comfortable and they're very accommodating
2: yeah it used to be a spa in fact that's what, kind of why it has the the look and feel that it does they updated it a lot but uh yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty cool location i kind was talking thing. i was talking to josh before like there's going to be a lot of malls in the united states that are really struggling mm-hmm. with amazon and, and trying to compete and the idea of co-working spaces yeah. or like putting like your gyms in a co-working space next to your Walgreens and have that yeah. be like the flow of them all could kind of create this really unique
0: thing. Well, and I think it's I, I think it's an interesting idea for a number of reasons. I w- worked at a co-working space uh, downtown uh, two summers ago. Was it WeWork? Yeah, no, 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 no. It was... um, Downtown Raleigh? Yeah, downtown Raleigh. um, Oh, it's escaping me right now, and they're going to be mad at me. Um, It's kind of Um, well-known. All right, give me... me, uh, We'll we'll come back, and we'll edit in my answer and make me not sound like I'm blah, 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 blah. But it was a a lovely spot um, uh, in in downtown Raleigh, and it was Raleigh Now or Work Now or something. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't... it It was a very nice spot, but I did it specifically because in june and july kids are out of school right and at that time before we found a home i was living in an apartment oh i can't tell you what kind of special hell that is <laughs> to be in a, to be in an apartment with three kids yeah. <laughs> um and they're lovely kids but they're kids and right. it's an apartment they don't care that you have to work they don't understand work it's like <laughs> oh my like, gosh.
2: play with me i want to play play with me
0: please no i gotta work no,
1: <laughs> you know, it just doesn't
0: work they get upset about that um, so you know what i what i did was i went to that co-working space it worked out terrifically and i think because so many people are um are, are getting away from working corporately and more working individually right are whether, whether it's their side gig uh that they you know or they have the opportunity not to have to go into right. a you know a, a tall a tall building that's one of now. the things that i
2: i also wanted to talk to you about because you've been doing this for a long time but now it's like the cool trendy thing is this mm-hmm. gig economy like working for yourself yeah and uh, it takes a lot. Like it's not easier, but I would just and recently, sometimes I had
0: a, I uh, had a job and have had jobs you know, on top so of, yeah. you have to, because guess what? In Buffalo, New York, it's not a thriving voiceover <laughs> Metroplex, you know, and <laughs> as much work as you do, it's like, there's only so many grocery store commercials you can do before they yeah. go. Mm, we've heard your voice before. Yeah. Today. Three grocery stores in your town. <laughs> and yes, you've exactly. done them all. <laughs> but one of them is a Wegmans and you guys are going to find out all about Wegmans when they come in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's exactly. gonna, supposedly go, coming you're gonna right across the, the street. You're going to go gaga. When Wegmans
2: comes yeah, Northern to people are swearing up and down about how great. I don't yeah. I mean Northern; I mean like New York friends that I
0: have. Yeah. Like Wegmans is the stuff. Oh yeah, and Mid Atlantic. Wait, if yes, I'm just telling you,
1: Wegmans and good. Shake Shack's coming to Waverly Place. You know that's, that's hey Now I had not heard that. Shake Sh- oh, they're yeah, and the Signs right are now. on the yeah. door. Maybe Glass we, Place they, in the middle is going to be a Shake Shack. Oh
0: well, oh, yeah. I think maybe the thing to do is to do a remote for uh, the next podcast, yes, from the Shake just Shack, pack this stuff just up. Pack it up. Just plump some microphones right on a table, <laughs> and watch their eyes pop out and say, "What are you doing?" We're to gonna my do restaurant? an ASMR of eating the <laughs> yes, food. And just and like, yes, exactly. <laughs> this shake is so good. <laughs> Well, that makes an exciting podcast. What's that? <laughs> it's a lot of sucking sounds. It's a sucking <laughs> podcast. No, it isn't. It's a good podcast.
2: So, uh, when I was recently, my wife and I just celebrated our 20th anniversary. We went on a big trip. We Woo, were in a different country. Jerry. Golf yeah, clap. It was fun. It's really for my wife. Thanks for putting up with me for 20 years. The uh, 21 in September. 20, yeah, 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 that's awesome. The um, we heard on uh on a double decker bus tour. They were just talking about because I saw WeWork. Yeah. in London. Right. And I thought, Oh, that's cool. I wonder, cause I remember telling Lori before we got there, I wonder how many co working places are around. Cause it's on my mind. Cause I'm partnering yeah. up with vibe and everything. And, uh, he was saying that they have a lot of them in, in London. They just learned that 10% of the workforce has become part of the gig economy. Thanks yeah. to like Uber and different jobs that you can use. And I think people think of They maybe have a limited view of co-working places, and that it's like great if you need an office. But Mm -hmm. I met a guy here the other day who's trying to get his doctorate, and he's got kids, and he just does the day pass when he needs eight hours to study, and and he needs a quiet place.
0: uh, You need a quiet place, and this and and it it works out so very nicely with that because you you know they have quiet spaces, Mm -hmm. they have spaces where you can use a phone. And and have, you know, a conversation because it's a business, you know, let's, let's be honest and everybody needs different things, but everybody's also understanding of where you are and what's going on and they have meeting spaces so you can bring people in. Yeah. So when, you know, you and I have had, had meetings at our friends over at Starbucks and that's very nice and well and good. But if we ever wanted to, you know, have a, have a meeting, you know, with other people and have a, have a discussion about it in a quiet place, Starbucks maybe isn't the best place to do that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think so. And I think people's main problem would be like, I don't want to pay money for that. But if you go to Starbucks, you're, Paying a subscription fee, I mean, and every time and you go, it's
0: it. And and I think there's also what I've noticed in in this gig economy is, especially in the creative arts. And I work with a lot of creative people. Obviously, I work with people in advertising, and I work with people in recording, and all the rest of that stuff. Um, but especially in the advertising world, a lot of a lot of the stuff, um, especially the graphic stuff, et cetera, is being uh, farmed out mm. uh, because advertising agencies are getting beat up on their fees a little bit. On you know, unfairly or unfairly, they are, and so they have some of them have fewer staff so they outsource more graphic design and some and right. uh, some of those services um and so they those are people who who either have their own home studio or would want a small workspace if if their workload would you know would allow it so they right. these people don't have to make uh their home which in some cases may be too small to accommodate an actual studio whether it's a graphic studio and some sort of design studio painting studio yeah whatever that gra- there's a painter manger.
2: with a studio in the back end of vibe here boom see i didn't even know that that's yeah, pretty cool And I think Kreskin people don't really understand. I think it's not, it's not as much money as you think. Like it's like a, it's like an expensive gym membership essentially Mm -hmm. to join a good co-working place.
0: A lot more practical though. And you'll probably use it more. Yeah. You'll probably (laughs) use it more. You won't get skinnier though. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. The food looks good here. I don't know. (laughs) They have water and coffee, both food groups. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, um, Josh was in,
1: in, uh, acting for a while. Yeah, I was. And, uh, (laughs) And how did that go? I liked it. I think I well, get a lot of it, mileage out of my, my one-liner in Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell. Okay. What was your line? Monsel Gerard, Ricky Bob is here to see you. <laughs> wow. That was good. Thank you, Baco. <laughs> I, I strut <laughs> away in my butler outfit. I'll
0: tell you what, that's pretty good. So you he, it's, seen, he sounds like it was uh, a past tense the way he said it, like you don't do it anymore or don't pers- don't
1: go after it I use the gifts in other ways they've kind of morphed into I do a little bit of VO, voiceover work when okay. it's necessary and I I do for motors <laughs> when, mo- it's necessary. when it's necessary like going
0: to the dentist <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really like the voiceover stuff for some reason I feel more creative and free I think my like my, I had, a, I started modeling when I was a teenager yeah. and then I got into acting that way, but I did go to a classical classical trained uh, training program, the yeah. North Carolina school of the arts. Sure. So I studied classic theater and then ended up in New York and graduated from another program, the William Esper studio. Okay. So I studied a bit of it and uh, just, just, I've learned a lot about myself, but it was just not the track for me. I'm married with a kid. Now and we moved back to North Carolina. Right. So, but uh, I've done it in a few, like a film at church and different things, but um, yeah, sort of morphed into more of the business side. I like the relationships. I like connecting folks. Yep. So in this process with Joe, where we do the podcast, um, but, but straight up pursuing acting is a main thing. It's just not my, not my desire.
0: Well, and I think that's, I think that's smart on your part because I get a lot of people from the voiceover side of things. So you have a, you have a, a gene, a strength, a muscle that I don't have. I don't want to go on stage. I, you know, for, for me, I like it right where I am right here, right now, behind this microphone, happy as can be. But if I had to memorize something that man, that smells like work I think, to me. I don't like that.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, it is work and I admire, I mean, the people who can record or memorize Shakespeare and go out and do classics yeah. on stage and, and then and, make it
0: believable and, and make it real. believable. And that and is it, just amazing. That's to me. great art.
1: <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it was a lack of discipline when I met the, how much discipline it takes to be successful in that career. Yeah. Uh, you've got to go at it. but i'm so I'm thankful to have a piece of that in my life now, just uh doing what I do, but uh, yeah, because a lot of people
0: come to me and say, uh uh voiceover looks like fun, or um, gee, my mom says I have a great voice I'm yeah. like, oh good Lord, <laughs> okay, you can't make a career off of that and i and I spend my life and and many people my fellow professionals in the world. They say the exact same thing to people every, you know, six times a day. It's like, no, it's not just about your voice. You're going to, you're going to own a small business. Are you ready to do that? Hmm. No, I don't want to own a small business. That mm-hmm. sounds like work. Well, <laughs> oh, okay. That's what voiceover is. Cause I spend 90% of my day chasing the work, right. and 10% of my day doing the work. It's not yeah. the other way around. And the agent business is different, you know, in the rest of the world than New York, Chicago, and LA and even you know, even more so in, in New York and, and L.A., less in Chicago. I mean, Chicago's right. world has changed too. It's not, it's not the media mecca that it once was. Great city, great agencies, great, you know, creatives there, but it just doesn't have the power that New York and L.A. have kind of absorbed within themselves. Yeah. And to a, I guess, even to a lesser extent, Vancouver and Toronto, up in Canada, where there's a lot of productions going on up there, a lot of TV shows being filmed up there, et cetera. Um, but, you know, it's 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 really a business voiceover, right. and that's what people consistently forget or, or or turn a blind eye to. It's it's like if if um if you were a, a graphic designer, people think that you spend all your day just drawing and making pretty pictures and amazing images, you know, and going to your computer and doing, and, and no, right. you've got to go get that business. And I don't, you know, if you're a marketing consultant or if you're an actor, you know, or if you're a filmmaker, you've got to go out and get that. You've got to go out and get that business. But people just go into their happy place and don't realize that voiceover is a business. Right. And they they, they don't respect that, you know, uh, small business, people working out of your home. Oh, you have such freedom. Isn't that great? la di da di da da Yeah, you know what? Uh, sweat the mortgage sometime and see right. if you're going la-di-da-di-da. No, you're not. You're going... Me-me-me-me. <laughs> you know, you want to make sure you make that mortgage payment and you got to make sure that work comes in and you got to keep the flow in there and you got to balance all these plates at once.
1: What's so fascinating, what's fascinated me about voiceover work is that you get to do it with a certain amount of anonymity. Is that the correct word? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're not, you know, recognizable, but you are when you speak, you're right. And you do it at home. You work mm-hmm. in your underwear, right? Yeah. I mean, you just don't have to impress. <laughs> I, I so didn't much. understand.
0: I had to wear my underwear. <laughs> you do. You <laughs> which, should have
1: an underwear sponsor. Which, you know? which, really affects which by the, the way, that's
0: the FedEx and UPS guys. <laughs> immensely. <laughs> they just get so offended, like, oh, I can't use those eyes again. <laughs> no, um, and, and people say, you know, you can work in your underwear, you work in your pajamas with voiceover and the anonymity. And it's like, well, I suppose you could. I mostly work in t-shirt and shorts and a baseball cap. Okay, I'll be honest about that. But you know, there is when I first started my small business and in, in years ago. When I came out of college, it didn't just go right into voiceover. I, I actually got involved in a video production company and I would make myself get dressed for the day. Yeah. I still do that. Yeah. It's an attitude and people go, that's kind of goofy. I'm like, I don't care if you think I'm goofy. Right. I'm telling you, there is something to be said for the fact that you are looking like this, uh, looking at it as a job. So you will dress mm, as right. a, as a job because that's, that's physically making you understand the mental process that you're going through. And I, I think yeah. that's perfectly normal. And, and I guess. tried
2: it. I tried it wearing kind of like junky clothes for a while. Mm-hmm. And then early on, like a couple, like maybe less than a month of doing it. And I was like, no, I got to dress like i'm going to work yeah it's yeah. like shaving brush up do i it, shave, i brush better. my yep. teeth yeah. i do the whole thing and i get ready and then i go downstairs yeah and um i find that it just starts the day off in a whole different yeah. avenue like i am a lot more productive yeah. that way yep Than if i'm like in my house go
0: well and what i try and do is i go for an early morning walk when i drop the kids off at school there's a there's a park near the school and i go for a mile or two mile walk you know, because I'm going to be inside all day yeah. and I'm going to be, you know, yeah. you know, sort of like an Oompa Loompa, yeah. just not, you know, on the phone, but it's not, there's not much heavy breathing and picking up a phone <laughs> and dialing. Mm. Well, it's not supposed to be, that's not, it's not a proper thing to do. <laughs> um, You get arrested for that, but mm. it's not a lot of hard work. And so, you know, you get your physical activity in and that's, it works out for me because when the kids come home and everything else, all heck breaks loose when they come home. And then you got evening, got homework and you got events, you got to drive around, blah, da, 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 Mm da. So, you know, find your time and give yourself that space to, um, you know, to, to get some exercise or do whatever you need to do to clear your head and then go home, grab your quick shower, grab your quick shave, put some clothes on and hit, you know, hit the books. Yeah. That's great. You found your rhythm. Some days, some days I don't go to the park. Like this morning, I didn't go because it was—I don't know when I woke up—was ninety degrees or something, and one hundred and fifty percent humidity. I'm like, not no, but hell no. What park is it? Um, I go to Bond Park. Oh yeah. I also go over to Apex. Um, those two parks. Yeah. I like I like those two parks right now, and I I feel bad because I kind of get into you know. A rut with just these, and I should expand my. You know, I'm, I'm only here three years. I know there's more because there's nothing but greenways here. And I see yeah. people all these paths. I'm like, where the heck do these things lead? It's like, it's like is there a lot <laughs> of slowly the the
1: connecting them to yeah. like everything? Yes, it's exactly. Great. Well, it's yeah. it's
0: awesome, but you know, and so I've got the ones that I like, but I should, you know, I try and I should try and uh, you know widen my circle and meet new yeah. people because you do meet people in the park and they're very nice. I
2: wonder when they connect all the greenways if like in our lifetime we'll see like cool stuff like a star on the greenway. You oh, know, like that. Little, it's like that in the like little buildings you can just stop and yeah. grab <laughs> a snack. Like yeah. I'll meet you a mile two in the Greenway
0: for yeah, a meeting. Yeah. which is Which is kind of the antithesis of the purpose of the Greenway. <laughs> right. I, just, right. Can I go have a black and white cookie? <laughs> just, oh, you mean the 500 calorie black and white cookie? Yeah, just, no, just, I don't think you should. And also <laughs> demolish
2: all the beautiful Greenway until yes, you can yeah. sell Starbucks. Exactly.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, it's okay. They'll they'll intersperse a Panera in there to just balance yeah, it. Yeah, oh, Shake Shack. Because that, that makes <laughs> it okay. No. That
1: sounds appropriate, a Shake Shack. <laughs> right? I've
2: never had a Shake Shack, but my understanding is that it's like the and out version of the East coast. Is that like a good way to say it's, it?
1: It's, better. it's, it's better. It's, a, it's, it's a, an amazing sloppy, it, it greasy experience ah. of a burger. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I gotta say, I went to in and out, um, uh, in, uh, in California a, a couple of years ago. And, uh, the good news was I got an agent out of it cause I took her to lunch. Uh, but the bad news was, I didn't think the everyone's like in and out burger, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm not getting it. I didn't think it was that well, great. If I you're really saying this new
2: rubbers. one is better, then because I really thought in and out was great.
1: Oh, Shake Shack! Let me be the one to take you there. As a yeah. matter of fact, let's let's we'll have a date. The three of to us. Glass, yeah, road Shake trip. Glass. Shake Shack. Road trip. We'll bring the microphone. Grand opening. In. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's set up there. Let's exactly
0: Set up there. How was we'll this? Just record, I mean, Waverly I'm,
1: Place. We'll just record 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes of us eating. I gotta <laughs> talk to Mary, the marketing director at Waverly Place. I'm sure we. Oh, here we go, Joe. We can talk about this later. Yes,
0: exactly.
1: We're on it now, guys. Bring
0: Mary on it. It's like we're doing a road trip. Mary,
1: Mary you're
0: going to hear this yes, brought
2: start? to you by our new episodes, episode, episode of weekly show called guys who eat stuff
0: Yes, yeah exactly. <laughs> followed, a lot less followed talking. by the third episode of guys who have heart conditions <laughs> oh gosh
2: <laughs> we'll get there yeah. we'll be like in our 60s we'll just be talking about so, our various
1: health conditions so, so do you still have an agent i have many you have many I Yes, i have many
0: um and uh and I'm, I'm fortunate to have them they're 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 great many of them are great friends of mine some of them i don't know as well as others uh but they they took me on because they They like my demo. And in my business, um, the business card is the voiceover demo uh, you know, the, which has uh, much like filmmakers or people that have creative portfolios. So you have have many because they're in different markets. They're in different markets. Uh, they can help me in different ways, uh, in those markets, they have local connections and they heard something on my demo that they liked, uh, and they know I'm marketable. And so they send me auditions on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you send those in and hopefully, you know, some, hopefully something comes of it. A lot of times, um, they are, uh, national auditions, which means that every single agent in every single corner of the universe is coming in. So you're, you're one of uh, 2,500 voices. Good yeah. luck on that. You know, that you're not going to be really heard on, on, on a call, cattle call like that. But uh, oftentimes they will, you know, they'll get on the phone and they'll say, you know, somebody says, I need, I need this type of voice. And they whittle it down to 10 or 15 of those voices. Now, if I get in, a, if I get in one of those passels, I have a lot, a lot better chance of getting some sort of business out of it because then I can compete versus 1500, you know, my, you know, it, it auditioning is, is, Difficult for voice talents to get the right voice, but whoever the poor sucker is that they make at this at the agency, listen to those fifteen hundred voice voices. demos. Yeah, like well, it's like you know, you just. I bet it's
2: like uh, the oh, first man. fifteen are pretty good. Yes, that's um. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh,
0: so it gets down. To, it gets down to uh, the person listens to the first thirty seconds. Okay, that was fine. And then uh, half an hour later, the first fifteen seconds, then ten seconds, and then a syllable of the f- <laughs> ne- the next one is like. Uh, Okay. So the first word is I would like to, I, no, no, no good. That was no good. <laughs> but I, no, that's no good either. You know, it's like yeah. useless. <laughs> so, uh, do you find,
2: I, I would like you to walk me through it. Cause I'm just, I'm a curious person. What does, as I've heard people who are actors or mention the idea of like getting a nationally syndicated thing and getting residuals, like what is a residual and why is it so awesome to get one?
0: Well, mostly residuals come through folks who are working with the union, but it does happen in non-union work. I have gotten uh, checks and how residuals work in that case, and I'll start with a shorter version. The non-union is basically they re-up you for another year. So they basically, uh, if they're being honest and that you you haven't given them a full buyout in your job for in perpetuity, which is basically throwing your money away. That's why you want somebody to negotiate for you. Somebody says, I'll give you $800 for that, for that 30 second commercial. Okay, fine. Uh, That's a one-time payment. And they will give that, you think $800, that's a lot of money. It's pretty nice. I like that very much, except they use it for the next 10 years. Yeah. Okay. They're using it for 10 years and they're using it all the time across the nation.
2: Right. Like okay. that would be like Empire Carpet, right? They've sang that same jingle at the end of their commercials.
0: Empire Carpet.
2: Yeah. That 8, <speaking> 7, nine, eight, 2, <speaking>
0: 300, Empire.
2: Like that one. Hey. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've heard uh, that all over. I've lived all over the country. Well, it, it was, I hope you get a home soon. <laughs> I you hope you're able to find someplace to live or are you just running from the law? <laughs> yes. Is there something? we should know um please um but the the challenge with that is you're you're not getting the fee that you should be getting and so with with the unions when get back to your original question about about residuals um what they should do is uh they they work with you for a 13 week span or a certain amount of time again this Mm -hmm. can work with union or non-union depending on, 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 the deal that you make with each and each client is different, but you, the idea between residuals about residuals is that you would get a certain amount of money, uh, after, you know, 13 weeks or a year from then, or two years from then, you just keep getting checks based on, um, what, whatever usage they want based on the terms of the agreement. Okay. But it has to be in the terms of the agreement because a lot of people just buy out outright, um, because it's more, it's in, It's impractical for them to actually use it more in in a year or two. So they just buy out and be simple. Um, But you have to be careful about that because a lot of people can be taken advantage of. And I don't want to get into too much detail because you don't, you're not asking about that. But residuals are a nice opportunity for you to continue to get paid for the same work you did as long as that is negotiated into the deal.
2: And so ideally you get a big residual check if they had a big media buy. And so they choose to broaden out the...
0: Yes, you would get a big residual Scope. check if, say, for example, um, you know, the, the deal that's made is for uh, 13 weeks, but the spot took off so much, say you were flow. And you were just doing the radio spots. So let's go with that, you know, for progressive insurance. And she was just doing the radio spots and she just thought it was a one 13 week gig. And right. oh, that's an, I get a nice check for that. Thank you very much. But the flow thing blows up and everybody loves flow and suddenly flow becomes a character on the radio. Yeah. And so then they want to do another 13 weeks, either with those spots or new spots. And so, you know, and and some of those spots are going to be um, more specific to a time, like a Christmas spot. Great. So you can't play that in July. Um, or some of them are going to be more evergreen. Can live forever right um that's where you know that's where the residuals come in because they pay you every 13 weeks on top of what you want on top of what you got the first 13 weeks you know and so you can right. still get a lot of checks off of one commercial and that's what happens with a lot of tv performers when their when their stuff goes into syndication right or, or, or you know the reruns that's you know, reruns are great for you know but it that's all where i really heard of it.
2: it like seinfeld is probably still really cleaning up thanks tbs because well, they yeah, just play he, him on steady repeat
0: well it's it <laughs> there's there's that and but it's also it's also dependent on his agreement like he might have gotten bought out at one point yeah. but he might have gotten bought out for like 500 million dollars, you know, and so he'll be okay. Yeah. So nobody's worried about about Seinfeld too. Him and and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Call me Jerry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Pick me up in your car. Let's go for coffee.
2: That's kind of what I thought it would be. And it's very similar to like, I used to work in making films. And so if you wanted to license like a a song that people would recognize, right, you'd license it, but that license you'd be paying for an amount of time. And that would determine how much you pay for the license. And, and depending on what, and where how big p- it is where the where audience plan. size was is it so on, is it
0: on a small film is it on television mm-hmm. is it on television and web right i mean i, I didn't want to get into too much detail but right, the, right. there's a lot of things that go into figuring out sure. what your fee is
2: so like what from my perspective what i knew of it was like we could license a song by well, one republic to show to ten thousand people in a room one time for like 250 dollars mm-hmm. but if we wanted to put that song in a commercial now you're talking 10X, 100X, et cetera, yep. based on the size of the the range of the amount of people that are going to be seeing it. And there's a, we were going through a company that would, do all that. And we would just give them the money. So there was like, yeah, they license it for everybody. And they took
0: 33% of that money. You I'm gave sure them and the rest of it went to the band and agents yeah. and managers and ASCAP and BMI. And,
2: mm-hmm. and yeah, they took care of all that too, which is great. If that's you and you're a filmmaker, you should stop stealing people's music. Uh, music bed is a really great place to, <laughs> to license your music from. And they're getting more and more recognizable audit, audi, uh, artists on there every time. Do you have to do that with photography? Do you have to make sure like when, when a photographer sells a commercial image, to a company for a magazine, do you have to have them come back and pay you more royalties if they choose to use that image again? Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what Dave
0: Shea was talking about. You want to make sure you do that part right. Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's important. I mean, a lot of people get taken advantage of and, and some, some companies take advantage of people knowingly and some of them are just ignorant. Yeah. You know, but if, if I find some of my work being, Paid that was supposed to be of a certain time frame and I hear it elsewhere or somebody else hears. It. that's yeah. the great thing about the, uh, of the the brotherhood and sisterhood of voiceover. You know, those of us who know each other go, hey, I heard you in yeah. the market and they go, you heard me where? Mm-hmm. And it's was like, that's not the deal. It's
2: got to be continually getting more and more complicated with yep. things like ad buys on Spotify and different streaming services that have different uh, ways that they monetize their subscription, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Yep. I mean, that's got to be, you got to work with an agent or somebody. That well, yeah. And,
0: and, and, and there's, you know, there's clearinghouses that can help you with that. And agencies work with those clearinghouses right. too. Agents work with those clearinghouses. And it, you know, it, it, it just, it, it depends, but I mean, there's, there's laws protecting you, even right. if you're not in the union, uh, the union helps a lot with that. Um, you know, uh, the union has good parts and bad parts. Um, but it's, uh, you know it's all about you as the business owner negotiating your deal, whether you're a photographer or a filmmaker or a voiceover talent, whatever you're going to do, you have to, that's the education part of your business. And you have to be aware of it because your, your art, your film, your voice is all is what you're selling. That's your product. That's your, you know, that's your Coke, that's your Pepsi. You know, that's, that's what you're selling and, and people take that for granted. Oh, it's just talking. Oh, you just clicked a button. Oh, it's just film. You just pointed the camera and t- well, mm, beg your right. pardon. There's, there's a value to that.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. And also as a separate caveat for those people that are in that profession, please don't right click and steal their stuff. Like that's why they're doing it. It's basically stealing from people. I was totally stealing um, from And like you said, I think a lot of people do it out of ignorance, but like, even for example, like that song you heard at the top of the show, like Mm -hmm. I'm licensing that. You shouldn't just take people's stuff.
0: No,
1: no. If
2: if an artist worked hard on it, they should receive the payment for it. Mm
1: -hmm. Why do you choose to live in North Carolina?
0: Um, Because I got tired of paying New York state taxes. Uh, and as I got tired of New York state, uh, Buffalo is a great city. I love, I love Buffalo, New York. I love the people there. That's the greatest thing. And it's on, and I live there for 50 plus years and it's just as I'm about to leave. It's going on the uptick. I mean, really it's being successful and people are coming to the city again. And Buffalo? It's growing. yes, it's growing and, and it's developing and there's a great arts culture there and people are shooting movies there and wow. you know, you know, we got the goo goo dolls and all, you know, they're, 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 everything's happening. And I decided to leave. That's when I go, that's when I get the hell out of Dodge. Um, but North Carolina was chosen. We, I moved for family reasons because we had in-laws who needed uh, some help and we came down and helped them out and glad to do it. Um, but, uh, and, and that's, you know, family first, but we had to pick a spot where we're all going to go. And I knew it was going to be Florida because, no, Ohio, Texas, and Florida. We is, always hear strange stories. Is Buffalo
2: like Michigan? I grew up in Michigan. Do you have snowbirds, people that go and spin the the winter in Florida and come back. Oh or, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I, you know, and, and, you know, and the Canadian snowbirds cause Buffalo is right across from Canada. And it's, you know, I grew up summers in Canada. It's a beautiful, you know, lovely, another beautiful spot. And by Niagara Falls. Oh yes. Well, it, but living by Niagara Falls is like, if you're a New York city person, you live by the Statue of Liberty. It's have like, you, have Oh you ever, yeah.
1: Have you ever been over Niagara Falls in a wooden
0: barrel? Um, n- not intentionally. Oh, intent- uh, no, <laughs> intentionally. Not intentionally. No, it was just, I don't know. We were kids. I didn't know what was happening. It seemed wet. Uh, <laughs> And then, but
1: the, but the fall, I was like, "Oh, this is exciting!" And then, ow. Um, yeah, that you know, reminds me of a T-shirt I saw yesterday. I said, uh, "That's a horrible idea." What time? Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a horrible idea. Hold my beer. Uh,
1: but uh, as we say here, hey y'all, watch. Hold my beer. Hey y'all, watch this. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But you know, coming down, I do. I do a bit of traveling uh, in in my life, and so I I like a good airport. And actually, one of the reasons that we moved to this area was RDU. And you're saying, well, airports are airports. Well, first of all, no airports aren't airports. Mm -hmm. Um, And all things being equal, the thing that I remembered that stuck in my head that made me start thinking about Raleigh, was, you know, and this is what people laugh at me all the time, but I, I, I didn't, I don't see this in a lot of airports. You know, at the Raleigh airport, they have those beautiful wooden beams that go right. across all the way from yeah. the front. Well, when they first built that airport, I was coming in into town here uh, before, before we moved in here, uh, years before we moved here didn't even thought about moving here. And I remember going, wow. Airports don't spend that kind of architectural money and design to make that really. They just do glass and steel. I mean, they're pleasant enough, but they're, you know, some of them are some of them. Well, some of them them are some of them are pits. Uh, But Buffalo has a lovely airport and it's, you know, relatively new. But this was like wow, this is, re- and I just remembered that. And yeah. I'm like, you know, if a city's going to spend that much money and time and, and focus on that kind of detail, I'd like to see what else it has to offer. Yeah. And, and, and that's the dumbest thing airport. in the world, but it really, you know, the fact that it had a good airport, you get to a lot of places that helped me. Then we found some good schools, the quality of life that we, that we found here. We love the idea of, you can, you, you, you can't see a lot of the retailers yeah that's pretty unless neat. unless you and we're living in, in Cary specifically but unless you know where you're going in in many circumstances you're you're covered by trees you don't know they're there there's a little there's a little sign that says whatever and then you go i love that because i come from you know Uh, Northeast where it's like, how big can you make the sun? You got to have a ginormous American flag (laughs) that could basically, you know, cover heat six houses um, if it caught on fire. And then you, and and then you, and we don't want to burn flags. I'm not saying that. Um, But, but it, all these signs for all these stupid retailers and god bless retailers but some of them are ugly signs they're tearing how many dunkin donuts do we need for the love of god uh, and and they're all over the place and it's just kind of you know you get used to it yeah. but then you come down here and it's not here
2: very similar to me like i grew up in michigan tons of billboards and yeah. then when we were considering moving here i actually took a trip out here to just explore and i spent the first half a day being like there's nothing here
1: yeah. But but do you miss the? Is there? A, do you find there's a lack of restaurants here compared to Buffalo? No. And no,
0: I think there. Uh, Buffalo as far, Buffalo is so wonderful for its cuisine and its variety of restaurants because you know it, It's not it, just all Buffalo wings. No, no, it's not because it's it's you know. <laughs> I love uh, Buffalo or as, wings. Or as we say, I have a T-shirt I should have worn it for you guys that. We just call them wings. Yeah, we don't have we don't have to call them buffalo wings. Uh, you know, it's like oh, no, we have buffalo wings. I'm like, I'll decide if you have <laughs> buffalo wings or not. Um, but you know, it's it, it it's it's terrific. Uh, I've kind of lost my train of thought with oh, the wings. You got me hungry thinking <laughs> about that.
2: All right, it's lunchtime. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought this show was catered. Um, but but uh, s- summarize it to say that the the restaurants that we've seen here and we've done here are terrific. the The difference in buffalo restaurants uh, are that you know you have there was more of um, an immigrant culture in Buffalo in the early uh, 20s, 30s, and 40s. And those families developed, you know, in, in, in Western New York. And so when you had those people coming in, my, for example, um, my father was first generation. Um, his, his father came over from Ireland. So my grandfather came over from Ireland and, and made his life in Buffalo and started a business and did very well for himself. There's a lot of that, whether it be Polish or German or Irish or Italian in Western New York. And it's wonderful because talking specifically about restaurants, you get a whole melting pot of different types of restaurants. But it's authentic. It's good stuff. And so when you when you have folks starting here, they you know they're very talented. Uh, many many uh, talented restaurants here. Mandolin and Lucky Thirty Two are two of the ones that I'm thinking of right now um, that are that are you know specifically here in the Raleigh area that aren't just chains. Um, and but those restaurants in, in Western New York really have a a tremendous uh, sort of family feel about them. And and, I, and I'm sure there are more here. I haven't, certainly I haven't tried them all because, uh, you know, I haven't. Um, but if you have a list, I'll be glad to go through it.
1: So it's been said that, like, I heard somebody say that when I die, I want Clint Eastwood to shoot me in slow motion and Morgan Freeman to narrate it. Okay. Right. Like, have you heard that before, guys? You hang out with weird people. Oh, I, no. did, I did. I did. I did. I did. But I did. that does
2: sound but, like a good way to go. I know, right? So like, <laughs> let me ask you. Eastwood's now like 92 though. I don't know if it'd be the same. Well, it, it you have be, a better shot be. of,
0: uh, you have a better shot. You of might miss. Bullet. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are there any voiceover actors out there? Any, any voice person, people that make you just sort of cry? And- oh, sort of have a
0: voiceover crush? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have voiceover crushes on a variety of people. my, Growing up, my uh my big voiceover crush and the voice I always wanted to be, and I'll never sound like him, was a fellow by the name of Ernie Anderson. Now, to you guys, you're going I'm getting for those folks listening, I'm getting completely blank stares from my, <laughs> from my hosts here today. And I'll Even tell you from who, Ernie I'll tell you who Ernie Anderson is. And I think you guys are of an age that you'll know this, because he was the guy who used to say on ABC every night, on the love boat. Oh yeah. That's Ernie Anderson, okay. Tonight on Heart to Heart. You know, he was he was that guy. If you lived in New York or Miami, you know, Z100, you know, he was that voice or Y100, W-H-Y-I, Miami, Fort Lauderdale and the Palm Beaches. You know, he was, he was that voice and uh, not, it sounded much better than that. I promise you folks. Uh, but that's my, again, my poor impression, but he was, he, it was, it was just cool. And he, uh, he started out in Cleveland television and radio. He worked with Tim Conway. He's great pals with Tim Conway. And he just, he, he was the voice of the Carol Burnett show. You guys may be too young. Young for that, but Carol Burnett at a variety show back in the 70s, uh, Saturday nights on CBS in the 70s, and uh, CBS owned that with the Mary Tyler Moore show, Bob Newhart, MASH, uh, and the Carol Burnett show. Uh, there's some other shows I'm sure I'm missing, sort of like um, on uh, on Friday nights, uh, ABC owned it during the 70s with the Partridge family and, and the Brady Bunch and Nanny and the Professor, and I'm showing what a total media geek <laughs> I am right now, and again, getting that sort of strange media stares from people, what are you doing? <laughs> you spent a lot of time in your parents' basement. <laughs> minute, didn't you? Um, but, but, you know, all of these, all these voices are the things that I, my geeky ears grew up with. And I would listen to that. So Ernie was my first crush, uh, voiceover crush that way. Um, I have a variety of folks who I, um, who I think uh, there's one guy that you guys might not know by his name, but if you heard his voice, you'd go, oh, I want him to, It's a fellow by the name of Bruce Miles. He's just got the greatest voice in the world. His friend of mine uh, lives out in Oregon and uh, he's just got one of the most underrated voice actors ever. There's a few female voice talent. And of course, anyone from voiceovers listening, say my name, Simon. There's many <laughs> of them and I'm not going to name them all. Uh, but D.B. Cooper, she's a great voice talent. And again, very is underrated. Is that the same
2: name as like the famous yes, guy that yes, jumped out the is. airplane? Yes, yeah. it
0: is. But she sounds much better and she's never ever <laughs> committed a crime that she's ever been, uh, convicted of. Yeah. So, um, no, she's not. <laughs> she's, she's absolutely not. Um, but I mean, those are just some of the people that I know whose voice I'm just, I wish I could somehow sound like that. There's just, there's, there's dozens of them. Um,
1: have you ever had a Mel U- blank
0: for characters, by the way, Who? Mel blank. Okay. He was Bugs Bunny. He was Daffy Duck. He was Yosemite Sam. Uh, yeah. he did he all was those? Oh my same guy. gosh. So I'm the same guy. You know, that was, was the first name after the Looney Tunes credits, right? Here's your homework. Tonight, YouTube, Mel Blanc, Looney Tunes, and just, you're going to enjoy yourself. Okay.
2: I mean- So he was kind of like, like Hank Azaria voices, like half the Simpsons. He was kind of like that for Looney Well,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, actually Hank does, doesn't do half of it, but he does, he does many great voices. But I mean, uh, Yardley Smith and Nancy Cartwright and all those guys uh, are, are just amazing for the Simpsons. And, you know, you get uh, Seth, uh, not Rogan, McFarland, isn't it? Who, who does Family Guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's made himself quite a bit of an actor now and, and doing really well, but I mean, a great you know, great at impersonations and, and character voices doing, you know, a variety of things. And he's a singer. Yeah. He has a perfectly lovely singing voice. I didn't um, know that. He, so he does acting. Oh, but you sing- know,
2: I do remember now seeing like some vinyl, like at Barnes and Noble that had him covering like classic songs. Yeah. And the
0: discount bin. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the discount That's right. Bin. <laughs> I'm not
2: saying he was successful at it.
0: I'm just saying so he's a lovely well. voice. Yes. He sang very well. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of those folks. And, um, if you go, if you come to the GalaxyCon that's coming at, I think, the end of this month, there'll be a ton of, I think we talked briefly earlier, uh, about the uh, animation voices that yeah. have come through. I um, there's, And there's always somebody that I've I've met or know or want to meet. You know, I will actually be the geek that pays the $25 and, yeah. you know, gets a picture taken with them because um, these are people who's, who I respect. Uh, and I won't, you know, I respect them enough to stand in a small line. <laughs> I won't stand in a long line. <laughs> because I'm just impatient that yeah. way. I'm like, come on, we got to go here. Um, but these people are like, you're, you know, this, this, this is their life. Like I said, they're just getting, some of them are just getting out of their parents' basement.
2: So much of it though has to be acting. That's why I brought it up originally. It's not like you were mentioning. It's not just, you got a great voice. Congratulations. You're in. And I think yeah. you shared a very wise, uh, perspective, which is you're owning a small business. So it's not just like you get to do what you don't just get, get to like And I think that's the thing that my kids get into. Like they want to be on YouTube or like the kids that watch people play Twitch. Like you think that's all it is. Well, the successful ones are working. Yeah. There's not accidental. Like they're working hard They're to create the kind of content that they're creating. They're putting in the time and the effort and the work. Yep. And I think that's a, that's a very fair thing, but I also think it has to be some acting, right?
0: Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's all acting. I mean, it's voice acting. That's, uh, that's what voiceover is. You know, Well, my job is to make sure that I become the version of me that most closely aligns with the voice, the subjective opinion of the producer like they they they're hiring me but they're hiring my my larynx. Yeah. What
1: and are it, some of your favorite warm-ups? Like red leather, yellow leather, <clears throat> skedaddley, D skedaddley do? I what, like uh,
0: water and breathing. Those are my big uh I <laughs> like to drink water and I like to breathe. Um but what? you know you know Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. I I never really this probably makes me a bad actor, or at least a least less affected actor. But I don't do as much of that stuff. I when I go to classes, I've and I've gone to many classes. I've gone to too many classes, um, but they do those warm up exercises, and that's good for you. And it does get yeah. you. It, it there is some vocal warm up, um, but. I got to say, honestly, I don't do a ton of it. I just try and take good care of my voice. And during football and hockey season, that's tougher
1: than normal. Have you ever been tempted to smoke cigarettes to make your voice sexier? No, um, (laughs) no, I just take the hormones. I just, (laughs) oh, did I say that out loud? Is that why you have hair on your forehead? That's exactly right.
0: That's not my forehead. Um, But, (laughs) but um, no, I, um, I, I, I I never drank, never smoked, never did drugs. I no, just, no, no never no Guinness,
1: had, no Guinness, no,
0: never in my life. And an Irishman that admits to never drinking, but I never did. And I, uh, I just, you know, uh, I, the ta it started with the taste. It wasn't even the fact of, you know, people act like goofballs when they, you know, they get drunk or get high. Um, it was the taste. There's certain vegetables I won't eat. You know why? I don't like how it tastes. And <laughs> I you ever tasted, remember your first taste of beer? Was it a happy experience? No. Okay. I stopped there.
1: <laughs>
2: I did. I like, Nope, I'm done. I actually like my first beer. I'm the weird guy because (laughs) I didn't drink beer until I was 33. Nice. And so by then, I think it was like, I enjoyed the first beer that I had, but I know like a lot of people are usually stole a beer that was warm, that it skunked, that when they were 13 and like, downed it in a tent somewhere or anything
0: and threw, yeah, up. <laughs> threw up and barfed it up. No, it's just the smell of it. And it's just like, Oh God. And then if you ever, if you ever had the uh, the misadventure of being in a bar the day after, like the morning, <laughs> the morning, after, morning after, Oh good God. It's <laughs> like, what, what are these people doing to themselves?
2: And it's, it's just, awful. I like that there are some things that you have to like the, the argument is literally like coffees this way too. Like you give it to a kid and they're like, that's disgusting. You'll get it used to it. <laughs> yeah. Just keep slamming
0: that yeah. stuff. and, 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 I, and, I'm and not Eventually slam- you'll become addicted. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like this is, this is hot chocolate. This is, this is my, you know, it's like, it's like a sweet thing. So I, I'll have a little bit of that. And of course, being on our podcast, I shouldn't drink anything with milk in it because it gets you all phlegmy, but yeah. I'm old and, and nobody cares. Um, but you know, the coffee thing, the booze thing, the smoking thing, I'm like, no, it's hard, you know, but I have the ability, you know, and the one thing I'm, I'm fortunate about is I have a range you know, I can go really high. I can go. You want me to do Grover? I took Grover for you. It's fun. <laughs> you're very you're very nice, yeah.
2: Mary light like Grover, Grover like Mary. Somebody just scrubbed forward to fast forward and they're like, what happened on this podcast? <laughs> exactly. no, no beer, no beer was involved. exactly. <laughs> Where the helium at? it's from. I, I used can't to do suck it. that helium. Did you suck the helium? <laughs> I suck the helium all the time. I like this now.
1: We're in a real fun place. <laughs> So let's have a
0: voice off. Yes, exactly. It's a voice off. What are these guys doing? They're trying to improve themselves, but you know, then it can go really low. You know, I can go down here. Take and, me there, John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, oh, well, that's a different story. <laughs> I think he's
2: having a flashback. I was, uh, we were listening to some of your stuff in your demo and watching some of the commercials that you were on. And I really liked the voice that you did with the horse for the craft. Oh, commercial. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. Like, was it's it. exactly what a quirky horse would sound yeah. like to me. I yeah. don't yeah. know why. And what does that interview
0: look like? We're I, looking for a quirky horse voice. Quite quite honestly, I'm not the horse voice. You're not the horse Uh, voice. I'm the jockey. Uh, Mm. I'm the jockey that goes Kevin, what did you do? (laughs) And I'm sitting and and I I was up in Toronto for that because it was for, and this is the Greatest thing. Um, I have a lovely agent up in uh, Toronto, uh, Tanya Buchanan, who is runs TADA VoiceWorks up there. And she called me one day and I'm in Buffalo at the time. So it's only a two hour drive, uh, three hours if you count traffic. Oh, the, the metro traffic is awful. But um, I went up there and they need <laughs> and they asked me if for a specific audition. Can you sound you know, like this picture? Because it was a French commercial, evidently. So it was done in Montreal and they needed an English voice and they needed somebody to sound like that little jockey that okay. comes up to them at the end of the So they showed you a picture and can yeah. you sound like this picture? Yes. And so I gave them, oh, I gave them the voice. They gave I don't think they even gave me the picture. I think they just gave me a description. And then when I was up there, um, there's a part of the commercial where they have the little horses, the mini horses with the Kraft cheese and macaroni they <laughs> their carts. And then you hear this get your Kraft cheese and macaroni. That's me too. So they got me for two spots there. So, and, and I sat there for a half an hour going, Kevin, what did you do? Kevin, what did you do? Kevin, what did you, you know, I just, they just, but I had to try and match the, you know, sort of match it ADR, automatic dialogue uh, replacement, uh, a little bit that, and then, you know, just create the voice and it worked out for them. And it was, but what I didn't realize even as much time as I spent in Canada is what craft cheese and macaroni means to canada it's like the number 1 food product in canada you think really? i'm kidding oh my goodness it's crazy important there they call it craft dinner uh, oh, elegant! Isn't that elegant? It's the same <laughs> thing you and I have, or, my, or we give our kids cheese and mac- oh. macaroni and cheese. But no, it's craft dinner. I am not too it's its own food group in Canada. Uh, I'm not
2: uh-huh. too snobby to say that I don't love craft macaroni and cheese because I do. But my pet peeve is when I go out to eat at a restaurant and the kids get like the six dollar kids meal and it's like the thirty nine cent. Kraft mac and cheese yeah. cooked poorly. I'm like, we all know what's happening here. I'm getting ripped off real bad. Yeah. There's nothing
0: more insulting than Kraft cheese and macaroni being cooked poorly. <laughs> Send not-
1: this back immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll be $14. These sir.
2: instructions are literally three cents. That's
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: but They fit on the side of a very skinny
0: container. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it involves water, possibly a microwave and go to town. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, so if you could kind of rewind and get to that point where you, you've obviously built a book of business and built a name for yourself and become successful in your field. And I, some days, yes. And some days, no. And I applaud you because that takes work. Like there's no shortcuts for that. And to be able to get to do it from your home and where you are and be working with multiple agents, if you could kind of rewind when you first started out in voiceover work and you could just tell that young version of yourself. Hey man, this is what you should do. Right. Um, or what lesson do you wish you would have learned that you know now that you wish you would have known then?
0: Uh, so looking back telling my younger self, what I, uh, what I'm going to need to know type of thing, um, that you just got to keep doing it. You've got to keep putting in the work. If you don't put in the work, you're not going to get you know, you've got to show up every day, right? You've got to continue to try and trying means trying to get the work. Trying means uh, calling people, uh, training professionally, getting the right equipment. There's going to, there's going to, and there's going to be great times and there's going to be down times. So you have to manage all of that. It's like being a little bit like being a teacher. You're going to get three months off. But you may have to, you know, save some of your salary to live through those three months. Yeah. Or maybe they get paid through the three months. I don't know. But I always, I never quite sure how that works, <laughs> but you're going to have your down times. How are you going to manage that for yourself? So just do, just continue to show up, continue to work on improving what you're doing and, you know, And finally, and this is the advice I give everybody more, more often when they ask me, because they ask me all the time, because I have gray hair now. (laughs) But um, they say, well, you know, what's the trick? I said, listen more than you talk. Obviously, in this, I'm talking a little bit more because that's the purpose of this. But generally speaking, when you're in a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. especially a client, what I, what I want them to do more than anything else is I want them to talk. They want to know about me. They want to know about what I can do for, for them as, as a voiceover talent or as a business person. Right. But they're going to tell me more of what I need to know. If I just listen to what they're saying, rather than me going, blah, 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 me, 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 my, 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 it's not about me, right? It's never been about me. It's about the client. So when they say they don't like what I did, it's my job to give them something else. They're not, they're not trying to insult me as a person. They're not trying to hurt you as an actor. They're, you know, when the director says that's not right. Okay. It's not right for his vision. It's not It's not that you're a bad person or a bad actor. It is that you didn't give them the sound they wanted. So listen to the direction, try and give them other options and continue to follow up. You'll find that spot, but you've got to listen more than you talk. And that's a tough lesson. Yeah. It's good stuff.
2: Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. We really enjoyed having you. Peter. This was
0: lovely. Uh, this is probably the most professional podcast I've been on in a long time. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, and well, I've been do. on a few, just, you know, based the studio, let alone in the, and, the, and the cool work here that you got here, the, the the setup, the equipment is very nice. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your
2: podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today?